And I think this is a great country with a great potential. Yes, it has some uh, challenges, uh, but what country doesn't? Uh, really, uh, recent examples from other progressive countries, I would say, or advanced countries, as we call them, they're also telling that uh, there are, you know, problems in each society. But uh, Ukraine, as a developing country, it has not yet, you know, um, chosen the right way. Uh, it's right way, but uh, I think sooner or later it will come to it. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real life, experiences, work, and personalities of Ukrainian people with a focus on the capital Kiev so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine, visit the country and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather, who is very awesome, I should tell sometime his story, volunteered in 1987 to help clean the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer, after that for the rest of his life, he always told me so many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I could not returned to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID-19. So this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine. Thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine, top 60 travel podcasts in the UK, top 25 travel podcasts in Apple Russia, and top 20 on Apple Poland, and many, many other places ranking nicer and nicer every day so that the world will hear the voice of Ukrainian people. My guest today is Katrina Machushenko. Katya is the mother of three beautiful children, a world traveler who visited 43 countries. She has over 17 years of experience in professional marketing and sponsorship consultancy, which is a surprise to me because she looks 17. So I guess she was born experienced <laughs> and is a challenged right now by the role of Head of Customer Experience in Hospitality at the Leopolis Hotel Lviv. She was involved with Eurovision 2017, the Rio Olympics 2016, launching the Bank of Cyprus Ukraine in 2008-2010, repositioning the Visa Premium products in 2018 in six different markets, and is now writing a book. Katya, how are you today? Hello, Abdulaziz. I'm great, and I'm very much excited to talk with you about Ukraine, about our life here. I'm happy, honored, and to give a bit of context, because the human brain likes to understand who is this person that is speaking or that we're communicating with. So can you tell 
in brief the story that made you the Katya of today? Yes, I am uh, 43 years old, uh, so I belong to Generation X, and um, uh, I was born in Lviv, actually um, uh, graduated from university there, and then I changed uh, the city, uh, so we moved uh, to Kiev. And uh, here I started my professional career as a marketer. So I started from the advertising agency. Then I worked in a corporate business and banking and uh, some international companies. And now I'll continue this journey of uh, marketer and uh, professional of customer experience. But I'm also a mother, as you mentioned, and I... Um, uh, bring up my children who are 16, 12, and 3 years old, different um, ages and different, obviously, interests. So um, uh, I'm... Uh, through through my professional journey, I has been always invo involved into um, uh, international business, international companies who are operating in Ukraine or um, uh, represented uh, represented their interests in, um, in in Ukraine, and also worked. Uh, I had an experience working uh, vice versa in different in um, different markets. Uh, for example. Uh, Belarus, Serbia, Croatia, uh, or Azerbaijan, for example, uh, uh, representing the regional office of Visa. One second. There is so much. So I don't want like to ask a billion questions later because I want this is going to be so valuable and you can continue later. But my three questions, and there are three now, <laughs> is one. What is your definition of marketing when you think about it? Because what happens is that experts, they reduce a domain or a subject into 5% of that highest leverage and impact and important idea that is the representation of that domain in their mind and in their practice. So you as an expert, how do you view or like what is your model of what marketing is? That is one. Second is more of a family uh, question, which is what lessons from marketing do you use in raising your children? And third is you dealt with Belarusia, Azerbaijan, uh, Serbia, as well as Ukraine. If you could compare maybe the people or the culture in those three places in brief, that can give a bit of context about what is the culture of Ukraine by contrast. So three simple things. What is that essence or definition of marketing? Which lessons from marketing do you use in raising your children? And comparing the Ukraine and its culture with uh, Belarusia, Azerbaijan, and Serbia. Yes, absolutely. So uh, I will start with the first uh, question. Uh, marketing, there are so many definitions, but I would put it like um, this is a um, the way you tell about your brand or about your product or about your uh, service to people uh, around, to, to community, to certain target audience that uh, you are uh, setting for yourself as your potential uh, customers or potential buyers or potential users, depending on what kind of business you are running. So it's just, if to put it in a simple words, and answering the second question, uh, what 
principles of marketing I use in uh, bringing up children? It's really a good question, and I probably need to think about it a bit. But um, I think it's about um, telling them everything you can tell them about your life, giving your um, stories about your own mistakes or your, your own wins through your life and sharing and letting them uh, uh, understanding how the life is and the life is not an easy uh, uh, thing it's obviously exciting it's obviously a nice journey but um, sometimes you often uh, could face some challenges and you need to uh, be prepared to overcome these challenges and not to uh, not to give up in some cases, and um, continue your journey in life, and continue keeping on doing what you, um, um, what is your vocation about? So, um, uh, speaking again about the life principles um, that could be used from marketing, it's also telling the stories. It's also. Um, uh, having an ability to analyze the situation, analytical skills to analyze what your competitors are doing, for example, how are they better than you? Of course, this is a very relative comparison, but anyway, uh, you always uh, face a competition through your life. So in school, in uh, your job, in um, your business, of course, there would be a competition. So you need to be prepared to deal with competition. And uh, it's not always could be a war, but uh, sometimes there are ways that you could collaborate, collaborate with your competitors, for example, and create some great projects. And um, answering. Um, yeah, differences in culture. Um, since uh, all these countries have some uh, mentioned, they have something similar. Uh, for example, Azerbaijan, Belarus, Ukraine, they all belong for many years to one, uh, uh, to USSR, actually. So something uh, is uh, really common in, in uh, people's behavior and, and culture. But of course, they are at the same time very different. Azerbaijan is uh, really an interesting, um, with a really deep and interesting history. And people are um, also, it's a multinational country, uh, which... Um, also makes you, you know, be adapted to and tolerant to different, uh, to different um, nationalities, to different points of views on politics or, or um, you know, religious um, uh, preferences, etc. And it's about uh, becoming. I think all of these countries, what is common, they are, they want to become a part of. Uh, uh, equal part of uh, world society and they have uh, people are really people are really uh, educated and they a majority uh, of uh, you know young millennial people are seeking uh, education abroad for example in Europe or in any other um, you know progressive countries in order to bring them back this education and that spirit of entrepreneurship back to their country and develop those countries wonderful because... one second because i'm hearing three things you said the people will bring those progressive ideas to their countries, which is change and adaptation to the modern world. You spoke about 
marketing as in uh, adapting and comp in competition or in cooperation with your uh, competitors and seeing what they do better or not so yeah you adapt to the competitive environment and you spoke about your children that you tell them stories about the successes and the mistakes so that they learn which is also adaptation and change to me now it seems that there is a pattern or a value in your life that it's important to adapt and to change which is the opposite of someone who will be conservative or traditionalist. I'm not saying you're not, but just this pattern. Can you speak about your in your life? Was there a moment where you realized the importance of adaptation and changing and improving yourself and in things in general? Absolutely. And thank you for identifying this pattern. Uh, so I was born in USSR. And then in a couple of years after I was born, USSR um, split. So it, it, it was the end of this uh, uh, strange country, I would say. Then uh, I was brought uh, up and grew in, in the very un- uh, certain times of per so-called perestroika and when Ukraine has become an uh, independent country. So it was absolutely an adaptation period for everyone. Uh, I got my education. So by uh, my primary education, I'm an editor uh, so and publisher. But um, uh, it was 23 years ago. And since that time, the approach to editing and publishing uh, changed completely. So um, anyway, I needed to adapt to, um, uh, first of all, finding a new profession, which is marketing. And uh, though it was related with editing and publishing, somehow it was the work with text, obviously, and with people. But anyway, uh, things has been changing all the time. And of course, I needed to adapt to the situation. Then uh, when I moved from Lviv to Kiev, of course, and uh, had to find a new job, it was again the, the time of adaptation to understanding what is what are the requirements, how I can meet these requirements, where I need to develop myself, and um, I think I'm a so-called lifelong learner. So uh, constantly you need to um, develop some of your skills to change your focus uh, in business, for example, or to be adaptable to any industry as a marketer because as a marketer you can work actually in any industry not be linked in, into something uh, one in particular one second I, i'm loving this but i'm hearing something because there are two types of people uh, or you know as in hamlet shakespeare says that you know some people are born great other people chase greatness and others have greatness thrust upon them so what I am sensing, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that, yes, you enjoy learning and you love it, but it, the drive is more of a necessity of having needed to adapt it to crisis multiple times, where you view learning as a survival mechanism, and therefore the drive is not as much about like, oh, I love and enjoy learning, which can be there, but the drive is learn or die is this something that i'm understanding correctly or is it just an impression 
uh, I think it's just an impression. Of course, I uh, I do not deny that uh, you need to change uh, and you need to uh, develop your skills throughout your life and adapt. But it's I, I wouldn't use the word uh, survival here. I think it's again it's I enjoy uh, I enjoy learning, and uh, sometimes I even uh, learn something that probably won't be very much useful for me. But it's a new area for me, and I drive myself whether I will be able to get this knowledge and uh, understand something in it. For example, I can give you a story, tell you a story. A um, couple of years ago, I was working at Visa uh, in the payment system company, and uh, uh, I decided that uh, probably I need to know uh, more uh, about future payment uh, options, future payment solutions. So I joined an online course, um, which was called The Future of Commerce uh, and was run by Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And I uh, ended up in a company of 11 uh, men from from uh, everyone from different points of the world and they uh, were really guru in the blockchain uh, cryptocurrency industry which for me was absolutely terra incognita and first it was a challenge for me to uh, work in a group with them and prepare the works and um, uh, you know all, all the tasks and assignments that we were giving in order to complete this course but then I just realized where are my strengths so I probably won't be a very much professional technical in cryptocurrency but I could put things into words and uh, on a basic level we all uh, you know uh, splitted our assignment and I was putting everything um, for this work into words and completed it like a um, holistic uh, assignment and uh, essay about cryptocurrency trends, etc. So I found my uh, role in this new for me industry. And uh, I think this is a way to succeed. Thank you. I'm noticing so many great things. One, your focus on words. Can you speak about your relationship with words and writing? And I know you were an editor and you said as a marketer, you deal with that. Please take notes because this is going to be really nice. Second, you said, I drive myself and I challenge myself. Does this imply that you're a perfectionist or someone who strives for perfection? Sometimes maybe it's even a headache to be such a perfectionist or it's just when you translate words from language to language, they come across more harsh or more uh, like f f charged like uh, those two. And as well as you said, I found my role, which is very related to what you spoke about in marketing before, that each company should find their uniqueness and their strength and the way that they can be better than the competitors and let go of their weaknesses, which is what you used basically in that uh, MIT uh, course where you didn't try to compete and your weakness where you will lose, but you try to compete by putting words in an essay, which is your strength basically, as well as learning other things. And I hear you're saying notes, so I'll keep asking because there's so much great stuff. What is your comment on Eben Spagan um, definition of marketing? That marketing is any communication that gets you customers. That is his definition. As well as, what is your comment on Peter Drucker's 
he has a whole like section in his book about it, but basically that marketing, the role of marketing is to make selling not necessary. So that is the difference that there is a big difference between sales and marketing. And when you do good marketing, you don't need to sell anymore. Like Apple doesn't need to make any uh, selling because their marketing is so uh, great. And you spoke about stories with your children that you share with them stories and you related this to marketing. Well, as someone dealing with multinational companies and corporate, they don't use stories in marketing, at least in my ex like experience or impression, uh, compared to more startups and newer companies. Can you comment on stories in marketing in this way? And you spoke about how the world is always changing. You as a leader, how do you lead in a time of uncertainty and change? And that is a lot. So say as much as you need. And I'm here to listen and enjoy and learn. Okay, yes. Uh, so I would probably start with that I'm not a perfectionist. Absolutely not. And uh, I... Um, I I try to go on and do get things done, but not focusing on them to be perfect. Because uh, if you are focusing on things to be perfect, you are losing time sometimes. And uh, challenging myself, it just uh, um, uh, it's about just uh, trying my limits. Can I learn some new skills, or can I uh, at least understand some basics in some new industry? For example, this is um, this is what brings me you know satisfaction and understanding that i i'm flexible in terms of de development and i can uh, i'm not only you know a professional in one field but i can potentially be you know learn new areas and uh, some get new expertise and it means that i can uh, be a person who is adapting together with the world and coming back to the marketing, a great example about Apple, obviously, they do not need to, to <laughs> having alliance to Apple stores in the days of release of new product. It means the marketing is so great that you do not need to, uh, to make any extra efforts to bring customers to your door and it's always, it's always a challenge, of course, in, um, in, uh, in different international companies, which were have been, you know, um, operating due to old principles of marketing, uh, and uh, they were mainly focused on um, uh, offline channels like TV, outdoor, etc. Uh, anyway, they were uh, were using storytelling, for instance. Um, um, any any standard commercial is about a, 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 is telling a story about your product or about your services, and that's why so many people uh, are succeeding in uh, advertising industry to to telling to tell these stories for their uh, to advertisers. And now storytelling is becoming much more important because it's used not only in B two C, for instance, direct to customer uh, marketing world, but it's also used to B two B when you're selling something to your business partner, when you are uh, setting up relationships with the new potential customers, when you, uh, you know, uh, solving some customer um, issue uh, on customer experience, storytelling also uh, is helping 
is and supporting marketing as it is. So um, especially when those stories are not made up, but uh, they are uh, true or about some true events, the, it uh, very much helps. And answering the your question about my relationships with words, I would say, as I mentioned, I am... Um, an editor by uh, education and through all my life I've been um, uh, dealing with words, uh, doing some copywriting, working together with advertising agencies in order to make sure that the uh, communication or the uh, brand claim is as clear and simple and understandable for customers as possible. And now I'm writing a book. Uh, that's why uh, my relationships with words have become even more stronger. <laughs> so I hope to complete it and uh, uh, ish, um, publish this book. And uh, I very much hope that uh, it, my stories told there will be useful for many people in Ukraine and also abroad. My God, there is so much that I want to talk about. So I hope you take notes because it's it's really a juicy conversation. And I will say I have a real deep and tight relationship with words. For another podcast, I had an interview with a poet from San Francisco. She's a great woman. And we were speaking and I told her when I was a child, I didn't really know how to communicate well with people, I felt like people couldn't understand me. So to me, the training ground for communication was writing, where I would write to communicate with myself, to understand myself, and to know how to communicate clearly with myself, which made me a better communicator with the world later. So to me, I use the word dojo, which is the martial art um, training ground that that was the pen and the paper for me. Then please take notes on a few things. One, why do you feel it's time or that it's important or that you had this desire to write a book? Can you share the story about that? Second, you mentioned the old principles of marketing. Well, I love marketing. There is even a podcast called I Love Marketing. <laughs> Someone else, it's not me, is Dean Jackson and uh, uh, Joe Polish. But so what do you are the old principles of marketing versus the modern principles of marketing? And finally, and this is a huge question, so please take notes. You mentioned uh, these words multiple times. Adaptation, flexibility. Adaptation, flexibility. Usually, these are associated with very creative people and with chaos. If we go into the Carl Jung, <laughs> you know, and his disciples of uh, psychoanalysis and psychotherapy, this will be the uh, feminine dynamic kind of archetype, which is chaos and creativity. But in the corporate world, you need to be organized. Normally, people are not, people who are organized don't like chaos and are not that creative, while people who are creative usually are disorganized, but they don't thrive well in the uh, corporate world. Is Was this like natural? Do you have both? Or are you, because you seem to have this real drive and part of you that is very into creativity and dealing with the unknown. So, 
is that something you developed or is that like your true nature, but you added to it organizational skills? And does this mean you have some desire for entrepreneurship? Yes, um, Abdulaziz. So let me let me start with answering the first uh, question. So why it's time uh, for me to write a book? Um, I think that now uh, when we are, um, you know, the world has become so um, unbounded and uh, we talk uh, a lot about leadership. Everywhere you would see the people who who are telling about leadership principles and how is the right way, a lot of online courses, how is the right way to manage people, um, I don't know, build a team, etc. So many people speak about um, equality, gender equality in business uh, uh, as well. And I decided that I have so many so such a great experience during all these years spent in corporate uh, company and uh, I have my understanding of what the leadership is based on true examples and um, based on um, my mistakes probably that I would like to tell about to people and to uh, to make sure that other people would not learn on these mistakes and would not sacrifice for example their family lives or their you know principles and values due to some corporate rules etc so uh, my book is about um, leadership and uh, the key messages there is that leadership has no gender indeed it's not about that women are better leaders or men are more you know stronger managers it's not i i believe uh, based on my experience it's not like this it absolutely um, has nothing to do with gender and it's only about the values and uh, of, of of certain t- uh, of certain person and um, uh, understanding um, the uh, t- treating people uh, uh, in a decent way absolutely uh, so I decided to, I, I don't know, I left a corporate world and uh, I decided that, I, I don't know, had this internal desire to start writing. I just wrote one chapter, gave it to read to a couple of my friends and they said, okay, continue. It's interesting. We need to know what 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 was uh, uh, what happened later. So I already... Um, um, have like 50% of my book written and hope to complete it. Um, and um, I hope will deliver these messages to the world by that. Uh, speaking about all principles of marketing, um, of course, I was uh, I studied marketing based on uh, Philip Kotler um, principles. And uh, some of them are still absolutely um, uh, you know, valid, but uh, the world has changed so much. Uh, just during these last 10 years, we completely um, uh, went online in, in, in terms of everything. Uh, so many e-commerce businesses have, have developed. Uh, and actually, whatever product you're looking for or whatever service you're looking for, you would look uh, for it uh, online. That is why some, you know, uh, principles that were supposed to be key, like 5P, price, place, um, product, etc., 
are already uh, transforming. And uh, for instance, uh, if you are online and you are, uh, you know, your um, your advertising or your messages correspond to the keywords that a potential customer is looking for, you would you will be successful. And it's always not also not about just um, following the principles, but also it's more about customer experience and. Um, which was like, like 20 years ago, not very much important uh, in these fundamentals of marketing. Now everyone's talk about customer experience because if something happens, um, if, if something goes wrong, uh, your customer will immediately tag you in your social media and uh, tell the world about this negative experience. And you need to change your approaches to this. That's why it's again about we are coming to the topic of adaptation and flexibility. And uh, my personal ex- um, uh, opinion is that uh, adapt- adaptation and flexibilities are like must-have skills for everyone because, yes, it's always good to be structured and uh, have a clear uh, forecast and uh, have a clear understanding uh, but uh, the world is we are living in such a world that you would never uh, be 100% certain on what would be your next step because some external circumstances can change okay again the example with covid this 2020 who would um, you know expect that it, it will completely change the whole you know um, future of travel industry of hospitality industry of um, the way we are working so everyone were brought to home and uh, the way of commercial uh, properties who were um, uh, you know um, who, who were doing their business based on the companies that were renting the offices it's now is completely different and you need and it requires to survive and to succeed it requires from you to be uh, adaptive and flexible and to find quickly some new solutions some new ways of doing business or ways of, uh, I don't know, um, living your life, I would say. Uh, so I do not think that uh, adaptation and flexibility are the features of some unstructured people. I think it's it's uh, traits of, um, uh, of, you know, people who, uh, it's necessary traits for everyone, I would say. Thank you. That reminds me of the book, and I hope you read it, and I'm sure you read it by uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, which is the black swan, and what you're speaking about now is anti-fragility, where shocks to the system and crises make you stronger rather than break you if you are fragile, or if you're too uh, rigid, then you don't even benefit or learn from them. So the concept of being anti-fragile that is a wonderful thing that you're expressing with those words. Okay, some things. You spoke about how the world is all moving online. Please take notes because I, Yes, I, I do. Okay. Can you speak about online shopping and services in Ukraine, whether it's developed or it needs to develop more, especially that Ukraine is a huge place for IT services and everything that of that kind online so are people now do they have the habit of shopping online and buying things and is it already advanced or it's not at that 
stage that it could be and it should be more. Uh, other thing, I recommend to you there is a book by Steve Manning, How to Write a Book on Anything in 14 Days or Less. I think it will help you a lot in writing your book and in structuring it. And it's a wonderful way of using questions in order to structure a book. And then you simply answer those questions that you wrote that will be the outline of the book. And in the end, you end up with something truly wonderful and you can finish a whole book with everything out of your mind in 14 days and it's really cool another thing is well you spoke about how a leader deals with with people and that uh, it's importance of values etc well there is a book called the who not the what and one of the arguments in there is that when you're a leader don't look for people really with the right skills because anybody can learn the skills focus more on the people with shared values. And it's like good to great. If you get the right people with shared values on your bus, your bus will have harmony and you will reach your destination. But if you bring people with conflicting values, they will fight inside your bus. That's a metaphor of a bus. I don't want people to think like, why is he speaking about a bus? But it's the book. He gives the metaphor. And then the bus will not go any direction because everyone's trying to pull it in all direction. So do you believe more that this is true, that instead of looking for the highest skilled people only, find first people who share values and then within those people get the skills or get a great person and let them learn the skills so that you're sure your team and your people will have shared values and common goals. And well, you're writing a book. That's wonderful. So based on the book and leadership, how do you raise your children? Which values do you try to instill in your children? And how is that compared to the typical way that other children are being raised in Ukraine? I'm not saying it's bad or not, but how different is your way compared to the average way that other Ukrainian families might be raising their children in 2021? Yes, first of all, thank you for the recommendation of the book and I will uh, take it uh, obviously and read it in order. Maybe it will help me to complete my own book. Uh, speaking about leadership, I absolutely agree about that values come first. And I am um, a big fan of person who's, uh, whose name is Simon Sinek, probably you know him, and he wrote um, uh, several books. Um, uh, one is Start With Why, then Infinite Game, and uh, uh, Leaders Eat Last. One so, second now, since you speak about that, I have to add. In Infinite Game, he speaks about the Swiss Army Knife Company and how after 9-11, their business of Swiss knives totally got destroyed. But what the, uh, the CEO said in that time, we don't change our uh, 100 years goal just because of one quarter. And in it, he says a lot of businesses look, oh, in these three months, we lost money. We have to change everything. No. While great companies have an infinite game and they have this vision of a long-term vision and therefore momentary uh, dips or highs are just variants in a statistical line that will smooth into the trajectory that they're going. So please also comment on that importance or your perspective on uh, short-term feedback as well as how does that affect long-term goals? Is it like good to listen to short-term feedback or 
more be stay on your road to the long-term goal and listen only to like one-year feedback or five-year feedback. Mm-hmm. Yes, I absolutely agree with Simon and you um, quoting him. So uh, long-term vision is something that helps businesses survive. And uh, also having a mission and understanding your why you're doing this business. Of course, money is important and any business is about money. But you uh, you, you must have a sense of purpose and everyone in your team would share this sense of purpose and share the values. That is why we are coming back to the uh, our discussion about uh, whether it is important to have people with right skills or people who are sharing, uh, who, who, whom are you sharing values with. So I believe, I think they are not mutually exclusive. You can uh, find people who are sharing values and this is the first you know, uh, requirement I would say. And they of course might be uh, very skilled in their area or uh, getting these uh, skills uh, along as they work with you along the way. So uh, absolutely long-term vision and uh, understanding the purpose of your business are very much important. But short-term results could be obviously used for like a a mid midpoint checks uh, and understanding are we on the right way for for instance if we are uh, going somewhere by car uh, using google maps for example we are setting our destination and but anyway we are uh, um, tracking our our um, route and uh, at some point we are checking are we on the right way to our destination or should we turn left or should we turn right so short uh, short term you know, point checks are also important. But if you're thinking short term, just in one year, we should get uh, $1 million revenue. And that's all we think about. Uh, This may be harmful for the business. So short term checks uh, just are like a signs on your way to, to your why and to your possible destination if you are talking about infinite game, because infinite game is about um, you're just doing the right thing for your business that you've chosen and um, you do not do not plan to end it anywhere. <laughs> that's that's an interesting theory. And um, yes, about my children, um, of course, um, I have some principles by which I raise them. So first of all is, um, and I think they can be compared with the leadership principles at all. First, lead by example. Uh, It's not a secret that parents give an example to their children, even sometimes not telling something, but doing something. Um, Children are... um, observing what their parents doing and they are repeating some a lot of things in, in their behavior that is why you uh, should show a, a, an example of the proper person and uh, a, whatever you are doing and whatever you are telling is a reflection of what kind of person you are and your children in a, in a big part will be you know uh, reflecting everything second principle is treat people as you would like to be treated always so if you you know respect other people they will respect you and this is um, you know my life principles um, uh, in, in, in every situation and uh, 
third principle probably would be uh, if I want something from my children or if I want them to join my journey, for example, or join any kind of project, family project, or do something, I need to give them tools to succeed. Uh, not just uh, not just doing something for them and not just saying go and figure out how to do it. I uh, must identify their needs and give them access to the tools that would help them to reach the destination. So this is, uh, I think, very much is similar to business leadership uh, principles. So the, if this answering your question. Thank you so much. We could go on forever. And I remember the few things. First is there is a marketing, a really famous marketer in the US. His name is Dr. Glenn Livingston. And he says, look, whatever goal you have, you will be disappointed by your one-year results, but very surprised by your five-year results. So that's what you are mentioning, that it can be a milestone, but still, we should look always long-term. Or like Grant Cardone in his book, The uh, 10X Rule, he says, whatever goal you have, understand that it probably will take 10 times harder work than you expect for you to get it. So act accordingly. And I love how you're basically coaching and being a facilitator for the success of your children, giving them the tools and as well as the autonomy and independence to use those tools based on what they need in order to get that self-confidence and self-esteem of doing it for themselves rather than either you doing it for them or sending them to the wolves with no weapons and therefore they will get slaughtered, which is a very bad place to be. Please, this was so interesting and enchanting even. Can you have any final like things you want to share or advice or words about Ukraine, as well as if people wish to communicate with you, learn more about your book or what you're doing and keep in touch with you, where can they go? Yes, Abdulaziz. So um, I'm, I've always lived in Ukraine and I would say my husband, he is Russian who chose to come to Ukraine and stay here for 10 years and uh, we do not have any desire to move somewhere else at the moment. So I spend all my, all my professional and private life here and I think this is a great country with a great potential. Yes, it has some, you know, uh, challenges, uh, but what country doesn't? Uh, really, a, a recent examples from other progressive countries, I would say, or advanced countries, as we call them, they are also telling that uh, there are, you know, problems in each society. But uh, Ukraine, as a developing country, it has not yet, you know, um, chosen the right way. Uh, it's right way, but uh, I think sooner or later it will come to it. And um, it also gives uh, various opportunities as for Ukrainians, but also for people from other countries, like my husband, for example. So um, also I'm, I now work uh, in a 
hotel in Lviv. And this is the property owned by um, uh, Finnish investors who have been managing and owning the property for uh, almost 15 years. And uh, they have also uh, much interesting uh, long-term plans how to develop the property. And that's why I was hired. And this is a proof that people are investing in Ukraine and have um, results and um, uh, plan to stay in Ukraine if we talk about foreigners and have a, see a potential in it. That's why I would say that do not be afraid of visiting Ukraine and do not be afraid of starting business in Ukraine. Uh, of course, you need to study everything uh, before uh, before starting anything, but uh, just come and see in your eyes uh, what's happening here. It's ab- absolutely European country, and we have uh, a lot of, of great people and great businesses who were born here, and they will uh, operate and uh, make this country really wonderful and attractive. Of course, we're now uh, living in a challenging times. It's not so easy to travel, and for us as well. But um, when Hopefully, uh, the travel will be renewed in the, in, the, in in the extent that it, it used to be. So I would encourage uh, all the foreigners absolutely to come to Ukraine and see its beauty and uh, meet with uh, people of Ukraine. And um, of course, if you want to get in touch, I am on LinkedIn. Probably this would be the easiest way to get in touch with me. I'm uh, absolutely happy to meet new people and um, uh, tell them everything I can (laughs) and provide any help I can about my country, about um, um, any other tips that about marketing, about raising children, whatever questions you would have, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. I agree with every single word you said about Ukraine. And that's the purpose, really, of this podcast and and this project. Thank you. It was an honor, a pleasure, and I wish you a great day. Abdulaziz, thank you very much to you. And uh, I would like to uh, hear more of your stories about your grandfather. So hope for, you know, get in touch again. Oh, he was really, really cool. He actually, not just Ukraine, but he was part of the independence of two different countries as well. So I'm really proud of him. He's really, really cool. Another day, maybe we'll discuss it in more detail. And thank you. Of course. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure for me. 